All right. Hey, welcome to New Life Church, and I hope you're having a great Sunday. I want to welcome everybody that's here at our Kearney campus and at all of our locations. We are so glad that you showed up today for the final week of our teaching series called 2020. And uh, just so if you don't know who I am, my name is Chris, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm just honored to get to be here with all of you today and for, to be with you in Ogallala and North Platte and our online campus. It's ex- exciting for me to get to worship with you today. And so today, I'm going to be talking about having a great day off. Raise your hand at all of our locations if you love to have a great day off. Come on. Come on. Anybody excited about having a day off? Yeah, a little, a little excitement in the house. Well, I'm going to talk to you about how to have a great Sabbath day off. And really, this whole series called 2020 is it's because we believe that you have a divine calling, a divine purpose, and that you, in fact, want to have a clear vision for God's plan for your life, for your work, for your family. And, and guess what? That, that even impacts our day off. And in the life that we live, in the culture and society we live in, it's so easy to get stuck in the pace of just the grind of work and family and school and ministry. It's so easy, isn't it, to get just stuck in the pace of life that it's sometimes hard to regularly enjoy the rest that God wants to give you. And the amazing thing about all of this as we see this pull or this gravity towards busyness, God is very clear in his word that he has a rhythm that he wants us to live, and if we would live in that rhythm, we would experience his joy and his peace, and in fact, we would be more productive in in the job that we have in our families and in in our relationships. We would be more joy-filled and more productive if we would sync up with his rhythm, and the problem is that we get this whole thing backwards. Have you ever gotten something backwards in life? I remember several years ago, about 10 years ago, I was decided that uh, I knew how to be a mechanic, a car mechanic, because of YouTube. How many are with me? YouTube makes backyard car mechanics, and so I figured out how to, do, how to change the shocks on my SUV, and so I was in the middle of it. I had the rear shocks changed, and I was trying to get a bolt off of one of the front shocks, and man, I was cranking on it. I, was, I even had a breaker bar on it. I'd sprayed it you know, down so that it would loosen up the bolt, and I spent probably an hour and a half trying to get that bolt off. In fact, I ended up tearing my bicep from trying to just get this thing off. Still today, I have problems in my elbow because of this, and all of a sudden, it dawned on me that YouTube must have left something out, that I wonder perhaps if this bolt is a reverse-threaded bolt. And so I decided, you know, it, it can't hurt anything to give it a try to go the opposite direction, which would be, you know, clockwise instead of counterclockwise to get it off. I went clockwise. I didn't, I didn't give it any effort, and that bolt let go. I had it backwards. And you know, we can get things backwards in life and we can get it backwards when it comes to the subject that we're talking about today. We can get this whole idea of busyness and Sabbath day off backwards because we we think we need to do more, that we need to work harder. We think that our schedules need to be filled, right? So that we can accomplish more, that we can make more money, that we can have a greater impact. We can even Uh, have this kind of mindset when it comes to ministry, that we're going to work harder, harder, harder for the Lord because God honors those that work hard. 
And we live a life without margin when the reality is the only way to be happier and in fact to be more productive is to embrace the way that God made us. He created us, the rhythm he called us to live in. And the reason why we don't embrace it is because, well, there's several reasons. One can be our ego, right? One can be just our selfish ambition that we just want more. That We love the things of this world and material possessions. Or perhaps we just even have a wrong view of God. Another reason could be because we're American, right? Come on. We're American. Americans work more on a weekly basis than any other industrialized nation in the world. And we have more disposable income, right? Therefore, we can fill any white space we want with more activities because we have more money. And as the decades have gone on, we've become a more child-centric society. And so we fill our schedules with more and more and more of our children's activities And even our vacations can be exhausting. Like I hear about some of your vacations and it just wears me out. When you come back, you need a vacation from your vacation. How many have ever felt that way when you came back from vacation? It's like, man, I need a couple days off. And uh, my wife and I have this tension when we go on vacations. My idea of a great vacation, if you've ever been able to go on a cruise, that is my idea of vacation, right? A floating buffet for one, right? (laughs) And the best room service you can imagine and the ability just to relax. And so I remember some years ago we lived uh, in the southwest, not too far from L.A. and San Diego. And, and we would take the kids on a cruise because uh, it was really cheap uh, at spring break down there. And then a couple of times we went to Disneyland. How many love Disneyland? Any Disneyland fans? All right. My wife is this type. I like Disneyland if it's relaxing. My wife is this kind of Disneyland purpose. She knows that the park opens like two hours before they say it opens, right? And so she wants to get there, you know, a half hour before the two hours before it opens to get be the first one in. And then she wants to stay to the fireworks. You know what I'm talking about? Late at night and do every single ride because she is, she's very, she's a great steward of finances and, you know, she paid the money to get in, and she's going to ride every ride, right? Everything. And I, man, that wears me out. That wears me out. And so there's okay to have some differences when it comes to what you do on vacation. But some people, man, your vacations, they, they can just wear you out. They can wear you out. Now, listen, God is, I believe God is honored. I don't want you to get me wrong. God is honored by a work ethic. I preached a message uh, several weeks ago, and I really talked about this, that God seems to partner with people that are willing to work. God honors a work ethic. You can uh, do a search in Scripture. Do a search like this on slothfulness. I mean, that's not a word we use, but it's a great word. Slothfulness, right? The Bible talks about slothfulness. It even says if somebody is not willing to work, they shouldn't eat, right? So God, God honors, and we honor God with a great work ethic. But the problem is that we don't have a clear 2020 view of God's ways revealed in his word when it comes to the subject. We can get everything backwards and get off track. And there are things that are in this life and in this world that are going to distort your vision, that are going to cause you not to have a clear, crisp view of God's ways revealed in his word, and it will try to come and rob you of the joy 
that he wants to give. I'm going to read a passage. It's a very famous passage. You'll probably remember it. And oftentimes we attribute this to the gospel message in somebody's salvation, receiving the gospel uh, when it comes to a seed being planted in their life. But this passage really has to do with God's word being planted in us and therefore his way is coming out and there are things that try to rob that. Look what it says in Mark 4 verse 19. It says, the cares of the world... And the deceitfulness of riches, all right? So the busyness, everything that you have to do. And then also the desire to get rich, to get more things. And the desires for other things. That could be anything. Enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So God has given us a clear picture. We're going to talk about it today. About how to live in rhythm when it comes to taking the Sabbath day off. So he's given us his word, but guess what? There are things that try to choke out that word in our life that therefore it won't give fruit, and we won't experience God's joy and God's peace. And so as one of your pastors, I love you. I want God's best for you. I want all the joy and fulfillment that God has for you. So let's talk about the principle of the Sabbath. That's a biblical word. You may or may not be familiar with it by the end of today. Hopefully you will. So we're going to talk about the principle of the Sabbath and how to have a great Sabbath day off, all right? So in fact, I'm going to give you the whole message right here up front. Here's the big idea, and we're going to revisit this principle throughout the day, and it's this. Remove, if you're going to have a great Sabbath day off, remove goal-driven activities so that you can actually rest physically, mentally, and emotionally, and connect with God relationally. I'm not going to read that to you again. It's going to be on the screen. We're going to come back to it several times, and hopefully by the end of today, it's going to sink deep in your heart and in your spirit. The whole idea is that we can actually disconnect from work so that we can experience God's rest. And we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of creation where God set the example. How many know the leader? It's best for the leader to go first. And God as the leader went first, and he demonstrated this uh, principle in Genesis chapter 2. It says this, and on the seventh day, speaking of the, the, the days of creation, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested. God did what? He rested from all his work that he had done in creation. God went first, he set the example, and he rested on the seventh. Now, I, I had a whole big section in my message originally to share with you, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to go into the whole idea of the seventh day. Uh, just suffice it to say, in the New Testament, we see the Lord's day, the Sabbath, being shifted to Sunday because of the resurrection. And we see that in Revelation, where the church gathered and celebrated the Sabbath on Sunday. And then you see the early church leaders. I'm talking about the leaders that came right after the apostles, so that first 300 years after the resurrection of Jesus, um, those church leaders, and they had this saying, this expression in Latin that was odium sanctum, odium sanctum. And that literally means holy leisure. Everybody say holy leisure. All right. Hopefully today you're going to have some holy Leisure, And they began to understand, because of God's word and his ways, that there is a form of rest that is an act of worship. Some of you, the most holy thing that you can do today is to take a nap and to rest. And they got this. It, it means to live in such a way that your work and your rest are in harmony. 
Now we know, hopefully you know, that work is worship. When we work at our job or whatever it is that God's given us to do, there is worship that should be coming out of that. But so is rest. Rest is worship. And these two things are often so out of balance and life gets blurry. And many of us are living lives outside of odium sanctum. And we get this backwards. We get this wrong. And nothing in our lives will work right if we get this wrong. Let me just tell you. It's, it's like a car with a bad timing chain, right? YouTube that. Something's not right, right? When the timing chain, the timing belt's out of sync, right? The car might run, but it's not going to run properly. Eventually, it's going to break down. And we, we oftentimes think our problem is out there. Our problem is a problem in a marriage, right? A problem at work, a relational problem, uh, even a physical problem. When oftentimes our problem is not out there, it's internal. The problem's only a secondary symptom of what's really going on. What if the real problem is that we live too crazy a life? We live too crazy, too busy a life working and striving that we can't get in sync with God. What if we lacked rest in our lives? And that was the thing that was producing a host of secondary issues in our life. And then we become so obsessed with those secondary issues and we try to fix those secondary problems, not really realizing that many of them are just symptoms, they're just outflows of this deeper issue that we do not know how to connect with God and experience his rest. And I so want that for you. I want that for me. I want that for you, that you would experience God's rhythm and his rest that's so counterintuitive and counterculture in America today. And we are not the first ones to deal with this issue. The Israelites, they were slaves to Egypt to the Pharaoh in Egypt for 400 years. So I want you to get this. They worked seven days a week for 400 years. How many think that's a bad habit, right? A seven days a week for 400 years, and of course they were in slavery, but they, I mean, that's what they were used to. That's, that was their life. And, and God told Moses, I won't go into the whole story, but God raised up this man named Moses, a Hebrew, to... Um, to speak to the Pharaoh, and you know, many times uh, uh, Moses went to Pharaoh and he gave him the message. In one case, here's what God told Moses to tell Pharaoh. In Exodus chapter 7, it says, Let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. I'm going to read it one more time. Let that sink in. What is, what is the motivation? What's the reason that God wants to, Pharaoh to let them go? Let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. So God brought them out of this 400-year habit of working seven days a week to teach them a lifestyle of worship. And he doesn't say, let my people go so that they can enter the promised land. Now, entering the promised land was part of the, you know, part of their journey, part of the story. But he doesn't say, let my people go so they can enter the promised land. He says, I have a different way for my people to live, a different rhythm for them to live. And so let them go. Now, how does that relate to us here in 2020 for our 2020 focus for our life? I think that all too often we are so focused on our promised land. 
When God is focused on our relationship, our connection with him. Our prayers are so often, God, would you do this? God, I want you to get me out of this situation. I want, God, I want you to change this thing in my life. But God says, the first thing needs to be the first thing, and that is a relationship with me. And when you come and you can connect with me and rest in me and just be with me, then I will take care of all of the, those other things in your life. So how did he do this? He brought them out of slavery, seven, 400 years of seven days a week work, And he takes them to the desert, not the promised land. He takes them out to the desert, and he teaches them the principle of the Sabbath. For those of you that didn't grow up in church, God was saying, give me one day a week. Set it aside to rest and to connect with me. And if you will do that, I will make you more productive in the six days that you work than you would be on the seven days if you worked all seven days. In some ways, it's the same principle as the principle of tithing. That If you put God first with what is his, the 10%, God will take the 90% and make it more impactful than if you had all of the 100% at your disposal. And here's one of the things that we need to get of why God instituted uh, these faith rituals, like of tithing and then of the Sabbath. He, He knew this, that our time and our money are symbols of our trust in him. Our time and our money are symbols of our trust in him. And and see, God knows that he doesn't need our generosity and he doesn't need our time. We need our generosity and we need, we need rest. We need to be generous and we need rest. And so God deals with the, the Israelites in this way and he clarifies it even more so when he takes them to the desert in Exodus chapter 34. I love this part. It says, six days you shall labor But on the seventh day you shall rest, even during the plowing season, and the harvest you must rest. That second part is so very important. I'm glad he clarified it because they were probably like we are today. Yeah, God, I get that idea of rest, but you don't understand that this is the busy season of work, right? It's just a busy season in our family and with our kids, and we don't really have time because it's the busy season, God. And God knew that once they went down that slippery slope of rationalization, they would miss the whole point of the Sabbath and resting and finding rest in God. And I believe God would said to them and would say to us, no, this is the time, especially the busy season, is the time that you need to flex that faith muscle, to flex that faith muscle and rest And when you do that, you're saying, God, I trust you to take care of all of my life, even in the busy season when it feels so counterintuitive, like, man, I just need to work. I just need to work harder. When we take that Sabbath day rest and connect with God and truly recover, it's a sign and it's an act of worship of trusting God. Because it answers the question, do I really trust God to take care of my life? Even when it's the busy season. So can I talk to you a little further about how to have a great Sabbath day off? I've been a pastor for over 20 years, which means my work is is in the church. It's coming to the church during the week, to the office, and connecting with people. And, And I never came home in all those 20 plus years. I've never gone home from a day's work and said, well, it's done I did it. 
I never looked up to heaven and said, come Lord Jesus, your glorious bride, your church awaits, right? It's done. I'm finished. You see, it, it, never, it never looked like the job was done. And because the fact that there's so much more to do when it comes to the church and ministry, there's so much more to do. It doesn't seem to make sense that the answer to doing more, to accomplishing more, to being more productive and more fulfilled is rest. It doesn't seem to make sense, right? To have a true Sabbath rest you see, the Sabbath was difficult for the Israelites to apply to their life as well. Because in an agricultural society, there isn't much room for margin, right? How many people that uh, might be at the Kearney campus, I can see your hand at all of our locations. You're in the farming industry. I mean, there's not a lot of room for margin, correct? I mean, the, the weather can choose not to cooperate. Pests can wreak havoc. So missing a good day's work can literally impact your livelihood. Yet God wanted them to understand that if we would just honor him, he has the ability and the power to take care of the rest. So, so faith in God really is the ultimate key to rest. Do I trust God enough to rest? But beyond this, uh, there's some practical things to be aware of when it comes to how to have a great Sabbath day off. Once again, let me just say it to you. Remove goal-driven activities so that you can actually rest physically, mentally, and emotionally and connect with God relationally. Now, quite often, the reason why we strive, that means we're working so hard, we're trying to make things happen, is because deep down we don't trust God. I know that's been the case in my life. In fact, times when I feel like the weakest, I feel like, man, I just want to give up, is because I've been engaged in things that are outside of, my outside of my purpose and I've lacked trust in God. We think if, if I don't do it, then it's not going to happen, right? And this sinful tendency is part of why God created and instituted the Sabbath in the first place. And so let me just give you an elementary lesson on your physiology Physiology, which God created, by the way. God created your physiology. Every person has a sympathetic system and a parasympathetic system. How many of you thought you were going to get a lesson today about this? All right, everybody who's a doctor or chiropractor in medicine is kind of like, oh, let's see if he gets it right, all right? <laughs> everybody has a sympathetic system and a parasympathetic system in your brain. And the sympathetic system is that part of you that I can, I, I see it as the goal-oriented part of your brain. It's the part of you that, is connected to the fight or flight response, right? It's the part of you that gets you going. It's a part of you that's connected to those goal-oriented things. Get moving. The parasympathetic system is the one that helps you. It's connected to your ability to relax, right? To rest. Now, many people drink caffeine. How many caffeine drinkers? You don't have to confess. I I'm going to confess with you, right? Yes. Love caffeine. We provide it here free of charge, right? <laughs> Many people drink caffeine, and they don't know why they drink caffeine, but ultimately it's because it stimulates the sympathetic system by converting into a stress hormone called cortisol. Another way to generate cortisol is through goal-driven activities. And some of you, some of you are adrenaline junkies, and you don't know the reason why is that you love cortisol. You're not thinking, man, I, I, love, I love these activities. You're not thinking, I love cortisol. You're just like, man, I love the rush, right? You just didn't know how to call it. 
But consider this, when you constantly bathe your brain in cortisol due to a constant to-do less, being driven, being driven to accomplish, to strive, to do, you can actually ruin your body's ability to effectively turn on your parasympathetic system, in other words, your ability to relax. Do you know that? Clinically, when a person burns out this system, you might call them a type A personality person. Somebody who's lost their ability to turn out to their ability to turn off fight or flight. That's just the way that they live. That's the, the lane that they run in. You can lose or lose the effectiveness of your ability to relax. Some of you are, are you're, you're connecting with this because you're like, man, I'm just go, 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 and I don't know how to relax. So many border, borderline type A personalities need to turn to addictions to trigger this system in order to relax. Negative addictions. So how does this relate to a Sabbath day off? If you spend your Sabbath day off, the day that you're set aside to rest and to connect with God, if you spend that day off obsessing over goal-oriented things, your body will be surging with stress hormones and you will not get the rest that God really knows that you need for your body. Now, we might say, and here's where it gets kind of like um, as if I'm telling you what to do and what not to do. But think about this. We might not see our home improvement projects on a Sunday as work, but the Bible doesn't separate homework from professional work into two separate categories. And that's probably because your body doesn't separate them either. And so when you're a driven person, it can be very hard to avoid goal-oriented activities on your day off, to you know, just simply disconnect and simply relax. But it is possible if you plan ahead or at least, at the very least, if you're doing an activity and you recognize you're getting overwhelmed, it's becoming a goal-oriented type of thing, that you disconnect. Here's, here's an example. Sometimes some of our hobbies, some of you like to play golf. And so if you go to play golf on your Sabbath day off, and your purpose is to beat your score, right, to get the lowest, I mean, isn't that what golf is anyway, right? I want to get the lowest score possible or I'm going to beat my opponent. Then that activity becomes an activity that's not giving your body the rest that you really need. If it's not just like, you know, enjoying the outdoors or enjoying the experience or enjoying relationships, consider ditching those activities one day a week so that you could truly Rest and consider the consequences if you don't, if you live a life so fast paced that you can never truly rest, you may lose the ability to relax effectively. And God wants you to relax, He wants you to get His rest. He made you to need it and thrive when you get it. Look what Psalm 127 says it says, It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night anxiously. Working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. It's useless to work with this driven, anxious type of mentality because God gives, God gives rest. So how does this relate to weekly Sabbath and choosing a day? For most of us, for many of us, it's Sunday. For some, sometimes as a pastor, it's not Sunday. It's a different day to truly rest. Think about this. Here's some practical things. 
Some of you work on your house, your lawn, your boat, your cabin, you know, you work on these things on the Sabbath day off. And let me just say, that is, that's still work. And I believe, I believe you need to figure out a rhythm, figure out a day off where you can work on homework stuff, but set aside a day, a full day that you disconnect from work, from goal-driven things so that you can connect, truly rest physically, emotionally, spiritually, you can connect with God relationally. So Sabbath is where you're not consumed with these goal-oriented tasks. It's a day for you to connect with God through rest. For many of you, it's a day for you to come and to worship and to connect with God and even to allow your serving not to be done as from a driven mindset, but done as an act of worship to God and still receive rest through it. That's why we have a philosophy of a 10-1, serve one at New Life so that we're not burning anybody out to where their, their serving becomes really a heavy burden of work. It's a day for you to connect with God in rest. The goal, here it is, the goal on a Sabbath day's rest is to do anything or to do nothing. And some of you, some of you say, man, I, I need more stimulation than just laying in a hammock. I would go crazy. Well, that's fine. I think hobbies are fine. Hobbies can be a way for you to relax. But as soon as they become heavy or goal-oriented, I just want to encourage you to disconnect from those things. The key idea behind Sabbath is to rest, paying attention to your body and to paying attention to your spirit, to be present, to be with God. Psalm 62 says, Truly, my soul finds rest in God. The most important thing is that on your Sabbath day off that you're connecting with God. You're connecting with God. So let's start living. Let's start living it. And I truly believe if you will begin to get this principle of Sabbath instituted in your life in a way that you truly can rest and rest, rest from physical activity and you can rest emotionally and connect with God relationally that will change your life. Think about this, because some of you know the Ten Commandments, and this is one of them, to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But think about this. You wouldn't break the other nine commandments, would you? So let's, let's engage this principle, not from a heavy-weighted command, but from a sense of God loves you and he wants the best for you. So here's how to have a great Sabbath day off, is to remove those goal-driven activities. So that you can actually rest physically, mentally, and emotionally, and connect with God relationally. So let's make sure that this week we receive God's gift. It's his gift to us of rest. Amen? Amen. At all of our locations, we're going to take a time, take a, just a few minutes of solitude and reflection and and afterwards, our campus pastors are going to come and tell us where we're going next. But here's what I want you to just reflect upon during these next few moments. What can I do today that will remove any goal-driven activities so that I can rest physically, mentally, and emotionally and connect with God relationally? Let's take a few moments and reflect, ask God, set a plan on what we're going to do to actually put the message today into practice.